Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. You're watching Global BC. This is Global News Hour at 6. Go, 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 go! Go, 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 go! Go! Get out of here! A frantic sprint to safety for people caught on the White Rock Pier during today's windstorm. Several managed to escape, one more needed rescuing. Good evening and thanks very much for joining us. We have a number of big stories to get to tonight, but we'll start, of course, with today's devastating windstorm. And confirmation tonight that one person was killed by a falling tree in Duncan. Meanwhile, thousands are without power. Our team coverage of the damage and travel disruption includes Jill Bennett in White Rock, Nadia Stewart at the Tawasan Ferry Terminal, and Aaron MacArthur in Vancouver. But let's begin with the drama in White Rock, where part of the pier is destroyed. Jill Bennett joins us with more on that and the dramatic rescue. Jill. We're just up the street from the pier. There are still barricades warning people of the danger down there. The winds have died down a bit, but it, that was nothing right now compared to the drama that unfolded today. This was the scene just moments before these boats took out a big section of the White Rock Pier. This video was taken by White Rock resident Tim Shields as he and his family ran for safety. Others watched from the promenade as the wind and waves pummeled the shoreline. Many in disbelief of what they were seeing. One man, still on the pier, stranded in the middle of the storm. We're just worried about the guy that's stuck on the pier. You ever seen anything like this? No, this is insane. I can't believe that the pier broke and that all of the sailboats are crashing against the pier. It's insane. We received a report from numerous people that there was uh, the pier was uh, in uh, rough shape and that there was people on the pier. Uh, we arrived and were able to get uh, the majority of the people off the pier before it collapsed in the centre. A Cormorant helicopter was called in, circling the area before lowering a member of the rescue team onto the pier, all while waves continued to crash over the surface. It only took a few minutes. The man stranded on the pier was strapped to the rescuer and lifted to safety. A male has successfully been taken off the pier and um, everything is good. He was taken into a waiting ambulance, but seemed to be okay after the ordeal. All this while residents were left still in awe of what unfolded. Now, uh, at this point, a lot of the remains of those sailboats are actually on the shoreline. After hitting the pier, they were washed ashore. There's debris everywhere. There are barricades up. The city of White Rock is asking people to avoid the pier right now until further notice. It's simply too dangerous, even though the winds have died down. Back to you. Jill Bennett in White Rock. Jill, thank you. And Aaron MacArthur is in Vancouver for us, where dozens of trees have been toppled. Aaron, you captured some amazing video of a tree crashing right down onto a house today. 
Yeah, that's right, Chris. We're here on 12th Avenue uh, between St. George's and Fraser. You know, the narrow part of 12th Avenue where the giant trees are. They were no match for the strong wind gusts this afternoon. In one block on 12th Avenue, two homes damaged by massive falling trees. One right onto the roof of the bedroom of Carrie Van Kalsbeek's daughter. A tree uh, went through our house and our neighbor's house. Uh, looks like we have taken most of the hit here. No one was injured in either of the homes, but concern quickly turned to another dangerous tree looming above another home. It was immediately evacuated. And they were very insistent, unless we had uh, animals or, or uh, people inside to get out of the house. And I'm not even wearing a winter coat and I'm not to go back inside the house right now. The wind knocked down trees across the city. A van totaled after a tree limb crushed it. Thankfully, there was no one in the vehicle when it happened. At Crofton House, the power went out when a branch hit an overhead line. The Vancouver Fire Department slammed with calls right across the city. It's been extremely busy. Trees down, wires down. Uh, we've had trees into SkyTrain. We've had some scaffolding blown over. Uh, it's a very busy day and it doesn't look like it'll slow down anytime soon. In Stanley Park, there were trees across the causeway and the park was closed for safety. On the west side, a massive tree came down across the roof of Mary O'Connor's house. It's gone through the roof. Fingers crossed that it looks worse than it is. That's what I'm hoping. The debris will take days to clean up. The damage to people's property will take much longer than that. Now, 12th Avenue remains closed while arborists in the city try to figure out what to do with the trees that are down, especially one that's still looming above that house. Meanwhile, Stanley Park opened for business at about 5 tonight. All the normal Christmas activities will go ahead as planned. Sophie, Chris. All right. Thanks very much, Aaron. Now to the impact on ferry travel. Our Nadia Stewart is at the Tawasin Terminal, a very busy time of year for BC Ferries. And you have some breaking news for travelers, Nadia. Yeah, that's right. Breaking news. Service has resumed on all of the major routes. Good news here out of Tawasin. Sailings will depart from here at 7, 8 and 9 o'clock. That is really good news for passengers who have already started to arrive after a day where they thought they wouldn't be going anywhere. You know, we saw it on the billboard, actually. Yeah. A sign that we've never seen before. All <laughs> sailings cancelled. It is a blustery start to one of the busiest weekends of the year for BC Ferries, with strong winds interrupting the travel plans of tens of thousands of holiday travelers. Tomorrow's my daughter's birthday. She's turning six. And so I was over here for, for work and for meetings today and was supposed to be home by, by about four o'clock. I looked it up, but I don't think I can afford to fly. So <laughs> I'm just going to wait it out for now. By 3 o'clock on Thursday afternoon, all sailings had been cancelled. BC Ferries taking the unusual step of suspending service on all major routes. We certainly don't take uh, the decision lightly to cancel service, but we are doing so in the interest of safety because of the high winds. Marshall says it's been about seven or eight years since a major weather event has kept vessels at the dock. you got to take this seriously, you know, and I think they've done the right thing. Anyone with a reservation for December 21st is still good to go for Friday. Anyone who had their reservation cancelled Thursday, if you're hoping to catch a ride over tomorrow from Tawasin or Swartz Bay, you better get to the terminal early. 
So once again, good news. Service has resumed on all of the major routes out of here. Out of Tawasin, you can catch a ferry at 7 o'clock, 8 o'clock, and 9 o'clock. Swartz Bay at 6 o'clock, 7 o'clock, and 9 o'clock. For the rest of uh, the updated departure information, head over to the BC Ferries website. Back to you guys. At least a little relief for travelers. Nadia, thank you. The suburbs also taking a beating today. Power outages, falling trees and branches, school closures. Jordan Armstrong has your look at the damage in that region. This is to keep us warm tonight because <laughs> we have no power, no heat, no nothing. Their bad luck doesn't end there. Both vehicles belonging to this mission couple damaged by a downed tree. We're just going to get ready to head into work and uh, my wife was saying the power went out and looked outside and tree had taken out the car and the power line, so no going into work for me. Trees onto wires, others onto buildings. With winds gusting at more than 100 kilometers an hour in parts of the Fraser Valley, emergency and cleanup crews couldn't stop. We have three crews out. Yeah, we're all busy. Yeah, we're all very busy right now. In Surrey, a scare at Pacific Academy. A school groundskeeper rushed to hospital. His condition unknown. So what was he doing when he was hit by this tree? Uh, he was just on our property cleaning up grounds and the tree came from off our property and onto our property because of the windstorm. In Langley, this London drugs will need a new sign. Well, it's kind of hard to stand still. And at the event center, very little activity because there was no power. You like the wind? Uh, some yes, but uh, not everybody. Look at my hair. <laughs> There's not going to be any holiday baking today. Plans deflated by a storm, which we knew was coming, but still managed to catch a lot of people off guard. Jordan Armstrong, Global News. And the storm also wreaking havoc on Vancouver Island in the Alberni Valley, flooding and high winds of force. The Tashit First Nation to declare a local state of emergency. The Somas River burst its banks this morning. Downed trees and power lines impacting a number of homes. Well, the power is still out in many areas. At one point today, BC Hydro said as many as 330,000 customers were without power. These are the numbers right now in the lower mainland and Sunshine Coast. About 165,000 customers are impacted. Vancouver Island North and Vancouver Island South, each around 70,000. So uh, a lot of work to be done yet, and uh, we'll keep you up to date on those numbers throughout the evening. Now, meteorologist Christy Gordon joins us with a look at this powerful system that we just uh, went through today. And what's next, Christy? Thanks. So I just want to mention that today is a great example of why meteorologists really take the role of uh, warning the public very seriously. Look at the gusts today, 122 kilometers an hour out in the Strait of Georgia. That's the Sandheads uh, station there as well. We saw 102 in Abbotsford and Sterner Island, uh, even close to 90 kilometers an hour in the Vancouver area. Now, over the next few hours, we still have a chance of some gusts, southwest gusts, up to 60, maybe 70 kilometers an hour. That would be the worst case scenario. It's more likely we will see wind gusts in the 40 to 50 kilometer an hour range, but I wouldn't rule out the fact we could see more power outages likely till about midnight tonight. All right, we'll be keeping an eye on that. Christy, thank you. Sure will. All right. It is status quo in the way we vote in this province. The results of the referendum on proportional representation are in, and British Columbians have chosen 
to stick with the first-past-the-post system. And it wasn't as close as many thought it might be. No votes, just over 61%, and yes, just under 39%. Here's Richard Zussman with how it all breaks down. Um, it was both clear and decisive. Of the validly, validly cast votes, 61.3% supported first-past-the-post, and 38.7% supported proportional representation. British Columbians opting to stick with the current electoral system. The provincial government decided on the question, the possible proportional representation options, and made holding a referendum a key part of the power-sharing deal with the BC Greens. We committed to giving the public a chance to have a say on how they voted, and they had their say, and that was important to us, and as I said, we will respect the results. This is the third time in 15 years that electoral reform has been defeated in British Columbia, and it looks like it's the last time British Columbians will be asked the same question. No, I think electoral reform is finished. Uh, I think people have engaged in the process. Experts say it's clear British Columbians won't be swayed on this issue. This is the third time we've had this uh, question asked, and it's possible people have sort of thought it over and settled on an option and are, are willing and, and looking to, to move on. Voter turnout was just 43.6% across the province in the referendum. Only 16 of the province's 87 ridings voted in favour of changing the electoral system. Peace River North, Peace River South and Abbotsford West sent the clearest message opposed to changing the system. It's interesting how the results are actually fairly consistent all across the province. They vary from extremely strongly supportive in the northern part of the province to very strongly supportive in parts of Surrey and Richmond through Vancouver. So this is a province-wide conclusion. The No Side campaigned aggressively on the instability of PR systems around the world, as well as the chance they could lead to fringe parties. When you look around the world at proportional representation countries, their governments are not turning out well. And because of the result, British Columbians will not have to find out how it would have turned out here. Richard Zussman, Global News, Victoria. Keith Baldry joins us now with a little more of a debrief on this. Keith, what, what's this going to do to the agreement between the Greens and the NDP? Yeah, there are some people out there speculating this could lead to an early election call. I don't think so. Uh, you know, PR was a big driving force for the Greens to uh, join with the NDP and form that uh, collect, uh, confidence and supply agreement. But uh, Andrew Weaver today, that was grilled fairly often by reporters about what this does to the relationship with the NDP. And Andrew Weaver's response is, the Greens aren't all about PR and they're not all about power. Here's Andrew Weaver. People still don't understand the BC Greens if they continue to think the mindset that this is all about power for us. Again, I reiterate, the BC Greens get into politics out of a point of principle to advance issues that others are not raising. Still clearly a big setback for the Greens. We were hoping PR could uh, deliver them all, all sorts of new seats in the B.C. legislature. Also a setback, let's be frank, for the NDP and John Horgan. They campaigned on this and they got a rude awakening by the electorate today. Only 11 MLAs on the NDP side were able to deliver their writings uh, to vote yes to PR. So clearly this is an issue New Democrats are not interested in uh, amongst the general voters. And we'll see if that has an impact come the next election campaign. Mm -hmm. All right. Thanks very much, Keith. Keith Baldry, right. Victoria. Right now, though, a number of people sent to hospital after a bizarre and frightening incident involving stolen vehicles in Langley and Abbotsford. Ramina Dea is in our newsroom with more details on this. And Ramina, witnesses say a rogue driver was simply mowing people down. 
Sophie, it appears to be random what happened last night in Langley and Abbotsford, the motive unknown. We spoke to one woman who told us the suspect followed her for blocks before he tried to run her over in front of her house. The truck lunged toward me. I got out of the way. I don't know how I got out of the way. I just know, I just remember. Now, Lisa Toby is shocked she wasn't hit. She says the suspect didn't say a word. She's never seen him before. Langley RCMP tell us there were six hit and runs in Langley and one in Abbotsford. At least five people were injured and a dog was killed. He was, there was no doubt in my mind his intention was to not to hurt me and hit me. You could have died. I could have, and I'm trying to deal with that today. What if I hadn't have moved out of the way? Right? What if, what if, I don't know, what if, yeah, if I hadn't have moved out of the way, I would have been seriously injured. He stopped. Um, it looked like he was putting his vehicle in reverse. Um, we saw his lights flash, so we thought that he was going to stop and get out. Maybe it was an accident or what have you um, on his part, and then he identified what he did. So we thought he was putting it in park, and then all of a sudden he just takes off from the scene. So the latest update we have is that several people remain in hospital with non-life-threatening injuries. RCMP say the suspect vehicle was stolen from Abbotsford. A 24-year-old man from that city was arrested. Charges are pending. Sophie. All right, thanks for that. Ramina Dea reporting for us on that story. Now, a different kind of random attack in downtown Vancouver injured one person. Police were called to reports of a man under the influence of drugs swinging a knife near Hastings and Seymour Streets. When he refused police commands, officers used beanbags and a taser to bring him down. A 19-year-old man now faces charges. One woman sustained minor injuries. Well, with a third Canadian now detained by the government in China, travelers are being warned to think carefully about that destination. And as Catherine Urquhart reports, people who do go ahead with travel to the communist country are facing strict new requirements. Canadian travelers now well advised to make a number of considerations if planning a trip to China. In addition to the recent detentions of Canadians, there are some new visa regulations. As of January 1st, you'll be required to be fingerprinted at one of the Chinese embassies in this country before leaving, instead of being fingerprinted there. Some exceptions apply for those under age 14 and those 70 years and older. Also exempted those going with a tour group. It's an amazing destination, but if it's going to be inconvenient, people will go places where they don't have to go through this process. I think people have a, a worry when they see that Canadians are now being detained there and having it in retaliation to a situation that's happening here. That's always going to be in the back of somebody's mind. If I were going, I'd want to be with a group, uh, an arranged group that is led by Chinese nationals that get me literally from the time I arrive at the airport till the time I get on a flight back home. If you're wondering about the timing of this fingerprinting requirement, travel agents were notified about this change at the end of November, before the detainment of Huawei executive Meng Wanzhou. Again, China's new visa requirement that you be fingerprinted before going comes into effect January 1st. Well, someone in Victoria, or someone who traveled through Victoria, better get on it quick. Time is running out on their $1 million lottery ticket. 
The lottery corporation says the player has until January 3rd to claim their winnings. That's one year after the original draw. British Columbians have redeemed more than $230 million in prizes so far this year. Wow, BCLC is encouraging people to look anywhere they might keep their tickets. In the past 10 years, uh there have been $5.2 million unclaimed here in B.C. Four million of that were uh, two Lotto Max Millions million dollar tickets and two uh, Lotto 649 uh, guaranteed prize draw tickets. So it has happened in the past, but it is very, very rare. People ripping up their couch cushions right now looking <laughs> I think so. Checking there. pockets. <laughs> Each time we are getting ready to uh, reopen the runway, um, there's another drone sighting. Ah. Chaos, confusion and frustration today for tens of thousands of passengers flying in and out of the second busiest airport in the UK. Flights either delayed, diverted or cancelled for the second day in a row with more than 100,000 people scheduled to pass through the gates. A major police effort is launched to track down whoever's responsible and shut them down. In the air over London Gatwick today, no jets flying, just a police chopper looking for drones. Last night, airport staff first spotted two drones flying near the runway. On the ground, more than 100,000 passengers likely delayed or grounded this day alone. We're sitting on the airplane nearly six hours, and they tell us we're going to fly as soon as possible, but they cancel it. Hundreds of flights were canceled as the drone mystery deepened. I'm absolutely convinced it's a deliberate act to disrupt Gatwick Airport. As the day dragged on, more travel plans delayed, frustrations growing. They're not checking anyone in right now. Um, the, um, the website currently says that the flight is delayed by five hours. Our son was due to fly in from Chicago uh, this morning at 7 o'clock. He's now in Paris, and I don't quite know what's happening. The information coming out from Gatwick has been scant, and that's been generous. Drones are banned in a radius of just over half a mile from the airport perimeter. Studies show even a small drone strike can do catastrophic damage to a plane. Whoever is behind this has very carefully and deliberately targeted the world's busiest single runway airport at a time when everything is under maximum strain. I don't know when that's going to be. So. Terrorism is not suspected. But rogue drones did succeed in turning the pre-Christmas rush into a holiday hassle. Barry Arendt, NBC News. Another high-level resignation from the Donald Trump administration, and this time the person leaving left little doubt about what he thinks of the president. Defense Secretary James Mattis is calling it quits, citing irreconcilable differences over foreign policy. He was one of my generals. Tonight, General James Mattis is on his way out. The president tweeting late tonight, General Jim Mattis will be retiring with distinction at the end of February after having served my administration as Secretary of Defense for the past two years. The announcement comes a day after the president announced his plans to withdraw troops from Syria, a move Mattis disagreed with, according to numerous defense officials. They were also at odds after President Trump asked the military for plans to withdraw troops from Afghanistan. Tensions have been simmering for months, and President Trump seemed to publicly criticize Mattis in a recent interview. I think he's sort of a Democrat. In a lengthy resignation letter, Mattis said the president deserved a secretary of defense whose views were better aligned with his. 
and talked about the importance of alliances and partnerships, a reference to the rifts he's had with Mr. Trump over Mr. Trump's treatment of historically strong allies. Mattis was among the president's first cabinet picks. General Mad Dog Mattis. And now he joins the ranks of departed top officials within the Trump administration. The president tweeting, a new secretary of defense will be named shortly. Kristen Welker, NBC News, the White House. There's new video tonight of a fatal explosion that rocked the Wisconsin community of Sun Prairie back in July. A volunteer firefighter was killed and a number of buildings were destroyed after a contractor laying fiber optic lines struck a gas main that had been improperly marked. The line ignited about 40 minutes later. Authorities have decided not to pursue criminal charges. In Health Matters tonight, the federal government has released a list of proposed rules for edible cannabis products when they become legal. The rules propose limits on the amount of THC in any product. Restrictions would be placed on ingredients that would make edible cannabis more appealing to children, such as sweeteners or colors. All packaging would have to be child resistant and display a health warning message. Edibles are expected to be added to the list of legal pot products by next fall. Care to wager on the arrival of BC's first baby of 2019? Playnow.com is offering a novelty bet, allowing you to wager on which hospital the province's first child of the new year will be born in. There are 24 options to choose from right now. BC Women's Hospital in Vancouver is favored. The odds 5 to 1, followed closely by Surrey Memorial with odds of 6 to 1. If you want in on the action, you need to place your bet before December 29th. You're watching Global News Hour at 6. A mysterious sight over Northern California lighting up social media as well as the sky. The bright light and strangely illuminated smoke contrail leading people to speculate it was space junk or a rocket launch. Adding to the mystery, the contrail forming what looked like a circle at the top of the smoke plume in some pictures. Experts say it was most likely a meteor burning up in the atmosphere. You made three of the biggest plays of the game. You want me to tell you what they were? Video of LeBron James giving a fatherly pep talk, generating some praise online. We'll show you more of it right after the forecast. What a wild day it's been. Oh, crazy day. We just, uh, as we throw it over to Christy Gordon once again, I want to mention that Bright Nights in Stanley Park is not happening tonight. Right. Uh, the park, I believe, is back open, but Bright Nights itself is not resuming because I know a lot of folks were yeah. probably hoping to catch it tonight. Yeah, roads closed in that area for a while. Back open again, but let's talk about that wind, Christy. Mm -hmm. And uh, wow, what a wild day. What a wild day. Uh, certainly, uh, we saw wind gusts, as we mentioned earlier, 100 to 120 kilometers an hour out in the Strait of Georgia. Lower mainland gusts up to 90 kilometers an hour. The waves are blowing, logs being thrown up on the beach, and, of course, down trees all over the area. This is from White Rock and one from my sister-in-law in Duncan. Look at the root system that was pulled up. Just to give you an idea of the strength of the power of these winds, Duncan being one of the hardest-hit areas. And look at the power outages. Um, 
at one point today, still very similar to what we're seeing right now. Can you imagine trying to deal with all this if you work for BC Hydro? So incredible winds today and very dangerous. Now, we are still expecting winds into the evening hours. Very likely gusts 30 to 50 kilometers an hour. These are generally southwesterly. There is potential for some gusts in the 60 to 70 kilometer an hour range, but that's less likely. That's just on the outside chance. And then lighter northwest winds expected overnight. Now, it's these northwest winds that we were, are going to be watching. That's a Stanley Park scenario, although when we're expecting them, we only expect winds up to maybe 40 kilometers an hour, so not enough to do damage, but we'll be tracking that. Also, this is the very complex storm that brought all the winds, but it also brought incredible warmth today. In this part of the system, we get a real warm-up, and then as the system tracks further inland, we'll get a big drop in temperature. Tomorrow, we officially change over to winter, and it's going to feel a little bit more like that. But in the meantime, today, look at this, 15, 16 degrees in some areas, breaking records, a number of them across the province, Chilliwack being the hottest across the lower mainland at 15.5 degrees. There's your tomorrow, everyone, much lighter conditions, much calmer. We also saw gusty winds all the way through the interior regions as well, 30 to 50 kilometers an hour, but certainly the most significant was across the south coast. So a nice day tomorrow, but we're in for rain again Saturday by at least the afternoon hours. That will continue on Sunday, a bit of a soaker, showers Monday, and so far Christmas Day looking dry, which will be nice. And I'll leave you with one last wave shot from Gibson's. Wow. Mother Nature at work today. She was she was on fire today. Mm. Thanks, Very Christy. Cool. Well, basketball superstar LeBron James is getting praise for setting a good example for coaches and for parents. A camera captured him giving some encouragement to his basketball star son. You get too down on yourself for no reason. You made three of the biggest plays in the game. James posted this video after his son Bryce was down on himself for missing some shots during a game. So, like, if you're missing shots or making shots, don't worry about it, kid. Don't, you, did a, you played a hell of a game. You ain't got to worry about making shots or missing shots. All right? Good job. I'm proud of you. I'm proud of you, man. All right, go with your team. Bye. Good job. We kind of missed the best part because he rattled off very quickly the details of three very good mm-hmm. plays that his son had made that were not related to shots. And it just shows how much he's paying attention right. to what he sees and why those, why he understood how those plays mattered. That's well, it helps cool. when you're an NBA star. And- All right. Here we are once again. Squire has put the finishing touches on his mm-hmm. sportscast at the very last second. There you go. You got it? <laughs> and he's I good to it. go. I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> okay. So when Elias Pettersson was ripping up the Swedish league last year and Brock Besser was becoming the Canucks' new sniper, there was a lot of talk anticipation that they'd be on the same line here with the Canucks. But nobody was really sure how the Canucks would use Elias Pettersson. Would he be a center or would he be a winger? In Sweden, he was used a lot as a winger last year. The Canucks chose center. And because he's in the middle, it makes pairing him up with Besser so much more effective. And tonight, St. Louis is at Rogers Arena. December 9th, Besser and Pettersson torched the Blues. In that game, Brock Besser had the hat trick. And Elias Pettersson had five points. Hutton again. Pettersson again. He scores. Alex Edler, Brock Besser lets it go. Scores. Ripped it in past Rennie. 
They are the Canucks dynamic duo, easily Vancouver's two best shooters and two of the better shots in the entire NHL. Both can hammer the puck, but they go about it in different ways. If you see Bass, he's a little bigger up in body than, than Petey, so you know he's more you know strength shot and kind of le- lean on it a little bit more, and uh, Petey's more quick and technique. Besser has what hockey people call a heavy shot. It goes through people, and it hurts. Pedersen, a lanky 6'2", enlisted at a generous 165 pounds, uses that length and amazing stick whip to fire laser beams past NHL goalies. It doesn't look like he's, he's, uh, he's trying and then it comes off so hard, but uh, the goal is that you kind of have to sheet a little bit to be able to save it, and he puts it right right up there, so it's, uh, it's almost like you have to sheet. If you see the one-timers from from Pedersen in the in the in the power play, his his range is really wide. You know, it doesn't matter if you're getting on the front foot and the back foot. I remember Adler telling me, you know, in the beginning in preseason, is you know, it's really nice to to see somebody with a really, you know, especially on the power play when you sometimes you can't look. You got to do a no look pass, and you know, his range is really wide. Golden Knights get out of that jam. Here's Pedersen stealing, tripped up. There'll be another penalty. Besser scores. They've already combined for some of the most dazzling goals Canucks fans have seen in years. And the fact they're just starting their NHL careers leads one to dream how many more great moments are to come. There's an obvious chemistry on the ice, but the budding superstars are good buds off the ice as well. He's such a great kid off the ice, so we get along really well. We're good friends off the ice, but even on the ice, it's uh, not hard to play with him. I think it's just we're being honest with each other. Uh, We play good with each other, and and, uh, and I think it's helped to be a good friend off the ice too. Canuck fans hope it's the beginning of a long and beautiful friendship. Very delayed global sports. Sidney Crosby and Alex Ovechkin have been rivals ever since they were both in the NHL. Two of the best players we have ever seen. They have had some epic battles. But usually, those battles are on the score sheet. Who can get more goals, more assists, help his team to win? Last night, they had a different battle. It was kind of a great debate. Yelling at each other early in the first period after a scrap on the ice. NBC... And Pierre Maguire, who works for NBC, helped guide everyone through what was being said. We got action here. Ovechkin and Crosby. Crosby says, why don't you fight him? Ovechkin says, why don't you fight me? Stop talking, he says. There's always been a relationship with you, Ovechkin. Some of it fun, some of it not so fun. In the first period, it was pretty intense. Did it carry over into the game? I don't know. I mean, I'm just, you know, always trying to figure out if there was going to be an instigator, and he started yelling at me. So I, I don't know what he's looking for, but I was coming out here to play hockey, not chat with him. All right, Lightning. Now they're in Calgary after uh, beating the Canucks the other night. They're up one nothing. Sam Bennett. Here is today's lesson, kids. Always follow the puck. If he had just skated by, that would have been no goal. But he kept going, puts it in. Calgary's up 3-1 late in the first period. Seattle Seahawks are close to making the playoffs. They've certainly got their foot in the playoff door. Uh, This Sunday, Kansas City will be in town at CenturyLink Field, a team that is not quite as strong as earlier this year without Kareem Hunt, but it's good he's out of the league. They do have quarterback Patrick Mahomes, though, who reminds Seahawks coach Pete Carroll of Russell Wilson with his ability to go off script 
and make something out of nothing. But Mahomes' great season is not because of his talents alone. Pete Carroll thinks the Chiefs coaching staff deserves props as well. I think it's a fantastic job by their staff and, and Andy putting together an offense that, that could make sense to him so that he could execute this well. I mean, remember, you go back to the first month of the season, he was just on fire, you know, with all of the touchdowns and the explosive plays and all of that. He's got a great group around him. But to, to bring the quarterback along that quickly in a sophisticated attack, uh, that's, a, that's a big accomplishment by their coaching staff. And, and uh, Patrick has made, you know, full use of all of it. And he's, been, he's had a great season. There you go. Fun to watch, for sure. All right, thanks, Quar. Here's today's snow report. Whistler Blackcomb, 17 new centimeters, a base of 215. Grouse Mountain, a base of 115 centimeters. Cypress, 140. Sasquatch, opening date to be determined. Revelstoke base at 182 centimeters, 154 Fernie, 129 Manning Park, and 169 centimeters Whitewater. Big White's base up to 124, 133 Silver Star, Sun Peaks 114, and Kicking Horse base at 141 centimeters, about the same Mount Washington, and Powder King's base 170. All right, very quickly back to our top story. There's still a lot happening, if you can believe it, after one of the strongest storms we've seen in a decade on the south coast. Yeah, powerful winds causing some major problems, continuing to do so. Our Jill Bennett is live in White Rock. Uh, we'll see the full extent of the damage tomorrow when it's light again. There will be a huge cleanup. In the meantime, we're also hearing from City of White Rock officials, Jill, asking people to stay away from that pier that was so badly damaged this afternoon. Yeah, Sophie, there is a ton of debris. A lot of those sailboats were battered into pieces. Those pieces are still on the beach. So they are asking people to respect the barriers and stay away. I should also mention across the water in Point Roberts, officials there also say there is extensive damage from this storm, uh, very uh, damaged houses as well as flooding. They're actually telling homeowners to come and assess the damage, but not tonight, to perhaps wait until tomorrow. This uh, just part of this storm that battered the south coast, putting trees and uh, such into homes and onto vehicles. Come on, Christina! One person is still outstanding and he is on the uh, far side of the pier. We're just worried about the guy that's stuck on the pier. A tree uh, went through our house and our neighbor's house. Uh, looks like we have taken most of the hit. My wife was saying the power went out and looked outside and the tree had taken out the car and the power line, so no going into work for me. against the pier. It's insane. It never occurred to me that waves could go this high here. What a relief now that uh, you see it walked off. Absolutely. Very thankful, very happy. 
Now, uh, crews are still reminding people, though, the cleanup is just beginning and it's going to go through the night into the morning. So people are being reminded, stay away from dangerous areas on the coastline, as well as when you see crews dealing with power lines. There are going to be a lot of them out. Stay away from any down power lines you might see. Give crews a lot of space as there is going to be quite a cleanup. Back to you. Absolutely. And also, don't surf those big waves. Seems like it should go without saying, but uh, some people look for the, the biggest challenge. And so what's going on through, through the night, I guess? So maybe another hour or two of strong gusty winds, but otherwise things should ease off overnight. Tomorrow, much lighter day. We'll even see some sunshine, everyone. Ooh, well, that mm. All right, yeah. thanks, Christy. Be patient with everyone at BC Ferries and YVR and mm-hmm. right. yeah, hydro and everything, too. Thanks for watching. Have a good night.